Yo, this is Barrett Brooks. This is my show. No, I'm not with my compadres from the middle. I'm here rolling solo today with my draft special. Now, I can't say this is going to be all fun and games like I usually am. You know, I, I like to smile a lot. I like to have fun a lot. But um, I just want to break down, you know, what it is to be an athlete getting drafted today. And this is, you know, I, I was just sitting there thinking about it. I got drafted back in 1995. 1995. Can you believe that? It was April 22nd. That was when the, the draft was was two days. You know, I think it was like rounds one through four and then four through whatever, you know. But it was crazy, you know, me sitting back thinking, man, it's been over what? 26 years ago. 26 years ago that I got drafted. Then I got the call. And it was kind of crazy. It was real crazy, man. But. You know, I got a lot of stuff for us, you know, in this in this little hour that they give me. They kind of, you know, squeezed me in in between both shows. But I got drafted in the second round. I think I was the 58th pick, the 58th pick. And uh, I can remember, you know, I was I was ranked like one of the top three offensive linemen in the country, top three or four in the country. And uh, I was slated to go late first, early second. And uh, I can remember sitting there that day and I had got invited to go up to New York. They were going to put me in a, you know, in the green room and they call your name and you could walk out on the, on the, you know, on, on the stage stage and, you know, shake the, you know, the commissioner's hand. And I was like, you know what? I got a, got a funny feeling. No, I'm not going to go. So I didn't go to New York. I stayed in St. Louis and uh, me and my agent and my family, we, um we got a room in this, in this, in this big hotel and, you know, rented a suite and whatnot. And, uh, I can be sitting there and going through the first round. And I was kind of disheartened because I thought I was going in the first round. But, you know, the way everybody was talking and all the calls that I got, the workouts that I got, and it was kind of crazy that, you know, I was sitting there, you know, wow, we're going through the first round. And then late in that first, I got a call from Kansas City. They were like, uh, I mean, you know, you're still available. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to pick you up. I think we are. And I was like, cool. And then I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden I see, you know, Trey Jenkins crosses across the thing. The board, I'm like, oh, 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 Trey Jenkins. He was an offensive line from Michigan, a junior at that. And they had worked out a deal in which he would take like second round money to get drafted in the first round. Well, needless to say, he stayed in the league for three years, never started, never played. I ended up with a 12 year NFL career. So I think I got the you know best out of that situation. You know, I got a, got a ring, you know, but I'm going to get my first mock draft, my first one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Me without my guys, you know, of course, I got to give my love to the, you know, to the comments, to the stream, you know, you know, you know how we go, you know how we go. But, uh, you know, this, this is one of those days where, you know, these kids probably didn't sleep last night. These perspective, even, even the first round, the first pick, Mr. Trevor Lawrence, he's not even sleeping. You know, everybody knows he's going to go number one to Jacksonville, but still he, I mean, it's been that way since. He got to, you know, college at Clemson that he was going to be the number one pick when he was eligible to get drafted. But he still didn't sleep last night. He's still going to be anxiously awaiting for the commissioner to call his name out and he walk across the stage. I mean, that's going to be a momentous occasion for this kid. I mean, he's been working his entire life and been put in that position his entire life. And to be honest, you know, with the first three picks, you know, I think they're all going to be quarterbacks. But if you look at how I rank the quarterbacks this year from my film study and what I, you know, 
what I saw in these guys, I kind of, you know, put them in this order. I put, you know, Trevor Lawrence, number one. But then I put Justin Fields as the number two quarterback in his draft. Then Zach Wilson, you know, from BYU. I put Fields first because in all actuality, Lawrence and, 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 and Fields coming from Georgia were competing, you know, with each other for, for years, you know, going up through the ranks, you know, from Pop Warner to all those flag football camps and, and then going, you know, with, 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 with college, I mean, high school. And then eventually, you know, in college, they've always been competing against each other. And actually, Fields is always ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence. It wasn't until that height took over and he, he grew like two more inches, two and a half more inches than than Fields, that Lawrence, you know, went ahead of him as far as, you know, who he was in the draft. But, you know, this, this is an interesting draft, you know, with it being, you know, everything that's going on in the world. And, you know, as they go forward in this draft, these kids – didn't have the combine. Some of these kids didn't even play last year. And that's significantly different from a talent evaluation process. I mean, how do these 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 GMs and, and all these scouts really know what these kids can do when they didn't play last year? I mean, everybody knows Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in this bunch. You know, he's going to be unbelievable. I mean, he's been preparing for this time for an entire year. He didn't play any football, but he was preparing his body to go through what it is to go through an NFL career. He I mean, he's been running, lifting, doing everything he can to get ready for this moment going into the draft. And I think he's going to be very prepared because he was the number one receiver, even on a team in which, you know, if you look at, you know, last year should have been offensive player of the year. I mean, rookie offensive player of the year, you know, his, his counterpart up in Minnesota, he should have been uh, drafted with him. I mean, if I was him, I'd have went out. Because, I mean, he's, this kid is so talented. He ran faster than they thought he was. He ran a 4-3. That those were going to run a 4-4. Jamar Chase ran a 4-3. Unbelievable. But, you know, this is just how things are uh, in these in these times, these trying times with, you know, with the pandemic, with players not playing this year. So this is going to be tough for these, um, these GMs and these teams to really see who is going to do what if they haven't watched film this guy for a whole year. A guy like Trey Lance. Trey Lance had an unbelievable season a year and a half ago. A year and a half, but he was um, undefeated. I mean, he was that work, but he didn't play that much last year. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on. But in my mock draft, this, and this is my first mock draft, the only one I've ever done. In my mock draft, of course, it's going to go Jacksonville. You know, here, see, I, this, this, this right here, I'm not going to say anything unless it's in this little book right here. See, this is my truth. This this is what I, you know, broken down all the film that I've had. I put in this book. That's why I'm knowledgeable about what I'm talking about, because I did the research. I've watched film. I've broken these players down. In fact, a couple of these guys I actually uh, broadcast his games for. So, you know, I, I know these players pretty well. So, of course, number one, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, undoubtedly the best player in this draft. You know, we know that. But number two to the Jets, Zach Wilson. Now, Zach, yeah, Zach is pretty good. Um, I don't necessarily, I mean, I, I have Phil's ranked ahead of him simply because Zach Wilson is good at improvising. Can he run a straight drop back offense? That's what I want to know. That's what I haven't seen. See, I think that he's he's very good at improvising, or if you get him out there running, you know, run a lot of boot protection or waggle protection. Wagon protection is when you pull the backside guard and almost have him as an escort out there when he's trying to push the ball down the field for those big chunk plays. 
you run plays like that or, or play action plays. I think he'll be well suited to play very well in the Jets offense like that. But can he be a drop back passer? See, that's one thing about Fields I know he can. Fields can be a drop back passer. And I think that's what differentiates him from Zach Wilson. I mean, they're both good athletes, even though Zach um, Fields is the better athlete also. I mean, very fast, faster than he is, more of a, a talented than he is. But he had more drop back passes than, than Wilson did. So Wilson, number two to the Jets. Then I would go next, San Fran. Everybody thinks it's going to be Mac Jones. Mac Jones is not the guy. He is not going to be the guy. In fact, I think he's going to be drafted later on in my mock draft. But at this point, San Fran just threw a hood over um, everybody's faces and said, oh, we're going to – no, they're not going to draft Mac Jones. They are going to draft Justin Fields. I can't guarantee it, but it's just about a guarantee because he's the better of the quarterbacks at that position and at, at, at the time. Next, probably the best athlete uh, in this draft, the second place, the second best player in this draft to Atlanta. I thought they were going to trade out, but at this point, I don't think so. I think they're going to keep Julio Jones and they're going to add Kyle Pitts to the equation. Can you imagine playing against an offense where you have Julio Jones and the other couple of weapons they have? And then you add a guy like Kyle Pitts running around in the scene, can line them up out at wide receiver. You could put him anywhere on the field. You put him in a slot position, and you could put him on the line of scrimmage like he is a traditional tight end. But he has the speed to be a wide receiver, the size to be a tight end, and he has the athletic talent and catch radius to be a very good receiver. So that hybrid type of player is is, is, is what he is. I mean, this kid is going to be good. I, I equate him to a guy that played in in um, in – Atlanta for a couple of years, Tony Gonzalez. I think he'll be better than Tony Gonzalez. Now, Tony Gonzalez has that, that gold jacket, but I really think so. You, you're right. You know, Plaxi Real. I mean, Ridley there too. Can you imagine that? You got Ridley. You got Julio. And you have Kyle Pitts. And plus, he's a he's a Philly guy. So, you know, locally around here, he likes that. So, after peak number four, we go to five. Now, f- number five, you have to go with an offensive lineman. And everybody said, oh, they would go chase. No, no. At this point, you got to go with a guy like that, that Joe Burrows can rely on. He has enough weapons. He needs a guy that could block his backside. His season was cut short because he got pummeled. He got massacred throughout the season because he had no protection, none whatsoever. I mean, this kid got killed. And they put him out. He had an um, ACL. So he's going to draft – He's going to have them draft an offensive tackle, the best tackle, the best offensive lineman in this draft, Penny Swool, out of Oregon. I mean, this kid is incredible. You know, I mean, he's one of the best athletes I've seen. I mean, I, I, I watched film on him, and then I started going back a little ways and seeing what type of offensive lineman that I would compare him to. And I would have to go with a guy, uh, you know, a, a Hall of Famer, Anthony Munoz. I mean, that guy was an incredible athlete also. But I think Penny Sewell is right up there with him. This kid will be – a, 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 a lockdown left tackle for 10 years or more. And he's so young. He's just turned 20. I mean, this kid is going to be amazing. And he will be his backside. And those two together, they'll win a lot of football games. I think they're going to take it to the point where the Cincinnati Bengals are going to go from being in the cellar to up there being and competing in that, even in that division, especially with the way Pittsburgh is where the direction they're going and even Baltimore. They'll be up there, right there, and, and competing in that in that division. Next, with Miami, 
Now they traded the Eagles pick. They got brought down number six. I think they go with the best wide receiver in the draft, Jamar Chase. I mean, that's simple. You know, like I said, guy that runs a 4-3-40. You know, um, with their quarterback situation, it's going to be a little tough to really show what he can do early. But if they get that quarterback situation added, uh, ironed out and, and, and Tua starts playing at 11, which they thought they drafted him for, this kid could be amazing. I mean, amazing. He could be the next uh, – I'm saying, what, what type of athlete would I say? He would be the next – now he be he's, he's faster than he's faster than you know than people give him credit for. I mean, I'm just gonna say he's gonna be the best receiver, and he'll probably win um, offensive rookie of the year. That's how good this kid is gonna be. Now the Lions are up next. Now everything that's going on with the Detroit, they got a new coaching staff. They got my boy Deuce up there, uh, Campbell. You know, I played with him with the Giants. Really good coach. You know, you could tell he was going to be a coach even when he was playing. I mean, he had to get in Shockey's head. He had to make sure Shockey had his head screwed on straight a lot of the times. And, and you know, in order for him to do that, you know, he had to be very personable. He He's a player's coach. He's an intense guy, too. So Cam will get the lines going. But at this point, they need somebody that Jared Goff, newly acquired quarterback, and was the big trade with um, with, with the, the, um, the Rams. He's going to be – a pretty good quarterback if he gets the weapons that he needs. And I think that's where they're going to go. They're going to go with a little speed, probably one of the shiftiest athletes in this draft, Jalen Waddle from out of Alabama, wide receiver. I think he's going to go that high because he brings a lot to the table. Everybody's looking at what's going on in Kansas City and trying to make their offense like that. That's exactly what I think um, they're going to try to do in Detroit. I think Waddle will put him in a position where that speed, speed kills, and it's hard to bracket a guy like that. It's hard to, you know, make sure that you stop him without him outrunning coverage. You can't play man-to-man with him because he'll run by him. You know, he's the perfect slot receiver who has enough of a, a route-running tree that he can be dangerous by creating separation and just using flat-out speed to outrun angles. Then we go with the Panthers. Now, the Panthers, they need to protect Sam Darnold. They just traded for him from the Jets. They're going to need a little more protection than they had. Teddy got beat up a little bit. So because of that, I think they get the second best um, player, I mean, second best offensive lineman in the draft, and that's Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. We know how he made his money. He shut down Chase Young back at Ohio State when he was the best player in college football at the time. Shut him down. I mean, you didn't even say, you didn't even say his name the entire game. He shut him down. Tackle him out of Northwestern. I love the way he plays. Great hand placement a really good athlete. He finishes. He's the second best offensive lineman in this draft. And I like his, you know, I like the way he plays, you know, he'll be pretty good too. Then we'll go with the Broncos. Now the Broncos, it was a little tough for me because their quarterback situation, um, they're okay. You know, Drew Locke, he's going to be okay. I mean, he'll be okay, but they need to protect him also because they have the weapons. They have the weapons out on at the receiver position. They got, um, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. They got speed, but Drew Locke has to get his stuff together. And the only way he can do that is get some protection. And that's why I think they go with Virginia Tech and get the offensive lineman, Christian Derisaw. I think he goes with the Broncos. He'll be a good fit there, athletic. And, you know, what they're trying to do, they're trying to push the ball down the field. You need a guy that's going to be stable back there. You're not going to hear his name a lot. You know, when you're an offensive lineman, you hate hearing your name. That means you're messing up. And when you're messing up, 
they're going to call you out for it. So, you know, I think that, you know, Christian Darasaw is one of those guys that quietly become a very good tackle in this league. At pick number 10, and this is going to make a lot of Eagles fans mad because the best cornerback in this draft uh, is going to be a Cowboy. Patrick Sertain, the lineage, the second, will go to the Dallas Cowboys. And this is going to make that defense even better. I mean, last year, I think that was the Achilles heel of the, of the Cowboys team. They just couldn't, they couldn't stop anybody. This is going to go a long way. We'll put him out there by himself where you don't have to worry about one half of the field. He's going to take care of that number one guy. And then they got, you know, the other kid from Alabama the year before. So this, you know, this, 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 you know, tried and true SEC, Alabama, uh, defensive backs, he'll fit right in and he'll be a shutdown corner. Great technique, great size, his length. Runs routes for the for the wide receiver. He's that good from his film study, learning from his pops. They'll be really good, man. You know, on 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 the on the corners as far as um, them going into this season and not worrying about third down because they got to have a guy to shut it down. Um, next, we're gonna go with uh, the Giants. Now the Giants, they've done a lot this offseason. They brought in some wide receivers, some speed. Galladay, the you know probably the the best free agent wide receiver. Um, in, in free agency this year, um, they, they brought in Ross, pure speed, 4-2 guy. Now they need to go on the defensive side of the ball. They already have some guys in the, in, on the defensive line. Leonard Williams, you know, De- uh, Dexter Lawrence. Now we all know those two can generate pressure from the inside. Now they need that pass rushing on the outside. And I think they go with the best pass rusher in this draft, Gregory Rousseau from out of Miami. He sat out this year, so they really don't know exactly what they're going to get from him. But I'll tell you this. When he was playing, he could generate pressure. He's a little raw, but you get him with a guy that could teach him fundamentals of pass rushing. He already has the athletic talent. He has the speed. He has, you know, the strength. All he needs is to be, you know, retooled a little bit. He will be a force on the outside, and that's just what they need on the defensive side of the ball. The Giants will be better picking him up. You know, just you know, just so you know, he's gonna make some things happen. So he'll it'll take him, you know, probably half the season to get used to to pass rushing these big offensive tackles, but he'll eventually get into it and he's gonna be a good player. Next up at pick number 12, got traded out of number six, went back in the draft. And I think Howie Roseman has to go defense at this point. He has to go defense. And he's got to go with a cornerback. And the second best cornerback in this draft. It's J.C. Horn, another lineage guy. It was Pops Joe Horn played in the league a long time. In fact, he was playing when I was playing. He was with the Saints then. He was at Kansas City. He's fundamentally sound. He's probably the most competitive out of the corners, uh, the top three corners that that we've been talking about. He is the perfect size, the perfect balance. Reminds me a lot of a, you know, of a a long, lengthy Jalen Ramsey type of cornerback. Yeah, I'll say I'll put it out there like that. I mean, he has runs a 4-3. He's naturally fluid, and his competitive nature is going to put him another, at another level. Now, you have big play Slay on one side, and on the other side, you now have J.C. Horn. I mean, that's pretty good. You know, it'll be a lot of times when I'm doing Eagles pre- and post-game show live that I just hold my breath when I see third down because I couldn't trust any of the DBs. With Slay on one side and Horn on the other side, I could probably rest easier on third down and breathe a little more. 
take a breath because now you have somebody to, to, to cover their first and second best um, wide receivers on their team. Then we go with the Chargers. Now, we already know the Chargers, you know. Justin Herbert is, is a really good quarterback, young quarterback. Um, you know, he did a lot. I mean, he did a lot last year when he was given an opportunity. Uh, they just couldn't win because the coach didn't know how to finish games. But they need to protect him also. And an underrated offensive of tackle who's one of the best athletes in this draft. I mean, this kid is, is big, strong, fast, and he's had a baby face. It doesn't like he'll he'll crush anybody, you know. Doesn't like doesn't look like he'll bust a grape, but he is that intense and 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 a physical type of player that he's gonna become a really good offensive tackle in this league. You know, Tevin, uh Tevin Jenkins is probably my third best offensive lineman in this draft, and everybody hasn't been talking about him, but he is pretty good. Really good. I mean, at this point, the Chargers, if they could protect Herbert, that defense is going to turn around again. They're going to be pretty good. But if they get that offense going with Hebert and, and keep him upright, he can make some major throws because, you know, coming out of Oregon, he was the prototypical quarterback coming out. And he was able to show it last year when he was upright. And when you get, you know, Jenkins out there, he's going to be pretty good. He'll come in as a day one starter. Uh, either in the interior of the offensive line as a guard or even a tackle. So we'll see. Next is the Vikings. Now the Vikings, you know, Hunter got hurt and they had no pass rush. They had some great linebackers there, but they had no pass rush. I think they'll get the second best uh, rusher in the in this um, in this draft also with Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. He's green at rushing the passer, but he is a a a great run stopper. I mean, you could tell that that was an emphasis they put on him in college. He's going to be a great, great run stopper. But, you know, show him how some pass rushing moves, he'll be good. Right now he runs right into the um, offensive tackle. He usually just overpowers him. But if he gets those pass rushing moves and start taking one-fourth of the guy or half a guy, he'll be at a generous break because he's already a good athlete. You can put him on the inside of a three technique or you can put him on the outside. He can rush the passer, but he's just been doing with athletic talent. Give him some pass rushing rules from from a guy that you know that that, that knows the game. I think he'll be pretty good, man. He, he's gonna he's gonna work out. Um, the next thing, the next team we're gonna talk about is the Patriots. Now, Bill Belichick needs a quarterback, and I can't believe it, but Trey Lance drops all the way to Belichick. Can you believe that? He drops all the way to him. I thought they were gonna have to trade up for him, but. He ends up dropping to him because the need for quarterback. I was thinking that I might have put him with um with the with the with the Broncos, but they need more pass blocking help than than anything. So, you know, I think they're gonna go with Drew Locke, but you know, he gets Trey Lance. I mean, he's the great, he's he's a great athlete, gotta learn to be a pocket passer, but he can do everything that Newton did last year, but even better. Plus, he has a stronger arm at this point. So we'll see. We'll see what he does. But, I mean, he, Belichick gets his quarterback. He, I don't think he'll be at the level of what he's used to uh, he, with Brady being gone, but he'll be pretty good. Next, number 16, this point the Cardinals need another weapon at the wide receiver. You know, they the old man had to retire or he had to leave there. He's not going to be um, with the Cardinals anymore. But, you know, they do have some guys out there that could play. They brought in uh, A.J. Green. They already have Hopkins. Um, Kurt Christian, but then they add 
Devontae Smith, the, the Heisman Trophy winning guy. And, you know, even though they say he's slight in size, you know, buck 65, buck 70 soaking wet at six foot one, he's still going to be a pretty good player. You know, I, I can see him really uh, turning the corner. Uh, next, with the Raiders, they need a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. And I think they go to Notre Dame for this. They go to Notre Dame and get Jeremiah Owasu Karamo. I think that's how you say his name. I'm I'm not an English guy, so I, you know, I'm just you know, doing it. So, but Notre Dame, he's a he's a defensive end. I mean, um, he's a defensive linebacker, but they say he's a hybrid guy, kind of plays safety also. He's going to make some plays. He can cover just as good as any safety in the league, but he plays linebacker. Can he be physical enough to take on those blocks at the next level? We'll see. But I really think he's going to be a guy that they're going to put in this hybrid, like almost like a monster back that you used to hear back when you were in high school, a monster back type of player. That's what he's going to be. They're going to have him go wherever you want to go. And him and Buda Baker, that'll be a good combination with guys being able to change uh, positions. You don't know where the hot safety is going to be, or the hot linebacker is going to be, because those two, I mean, um, not Buda Baker, but, um, you know, the Raiders just need a playmaker there. So I, I like that. That's what – my boy Groot Dog is going to do. He's going to bring in a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. The Dolphins, with their second pick, they also need an offensive lineman. They just traded um, to the to the Washington football team, Eric Flowers. Now, I don't know why Eric Flowers or Washington football team would want Eric Flowers back. He started out, you know, he was there. They got him rid of him because he was terrible. He's down in Miami, was terrible. But they trade for him. He went back. So they're going to need a guard to replace him. And I think they're going with the, the, the safe bet, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Play tackle, he would be an okay tackle. But if you move him in the guard, he'll be an extremely good guard. Extremely good guard. Um, next, we're going to go with the Washington football team. They need more weapons on the outside. They went and traded. I mean, they went and traded. And they, they, they brought in the services, you know, of, of – of, 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 um, Curtis Samuel. Now, Curtis Samuel, you know, he's pretty good. He was good when he was with the Panthers. They already had Terry McLaurin. Now you add a guy who could, you know, catch those, you know, those, 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 those tough moving the chain type of yardage. You know, a guy with a huge catch radius. And that's Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Huge catch radius, back shoulder throws. I mean, this kid, even though he's with Minnesota, he got some rave reviews, but it's hard when you're playing in Minnesota because you're not going to get the press, but this kid is really good. He's going to catch a lot of those back shoulder throws. He's going to give you what you want as far as moving the chains, and that's what you want. A guy that can move the chains, but then you had a speed with McLaurin and Samuels, you know, Samuels being the gadget guy. He will complete that, that the receiving core for that Washington football team. Next, the Bears. Now, we already know Trubisky's gone. They need a quarterback. Now they brought in, you know, Dillard. Okay. I, I, I He's just a stopgap guy to teach Mac Jones. Yes, Alabama um, quarterback Mac Jones how to be pro. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, Mac Jones, he would have been a great quarterback five years ago as far as being one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. But everybody's turned into this Patrick Mahomes type of quarterback, you know, the multifaceted guy, the baseball playing quarterback that can throw from different angles, direction. Matt Jones is just a good quarterback, drop back quarterback, makes great reads. He's going to deliver the ball where it's supposed to go. Great leader. He'll fit good in, in with the Bears organization, and they need a guy like that. 
They need somebody to go in and, and take direction of, um, of that team. From there, we go with the Colts. Colts lost uh, a, a pro bowler, a great player at the tackle position. Costanzo, he retired. They need to bring in somebody to take that, take his place. They need somebody to protect Carson Wentz. And uh, I think they go out and get Samuel Cosme. He's from Texas. He was ranked pretty high, you know, as far as evaluation. He's just got short arms, you know. I think his arms need to be a little longer, but he can play tackle. He'll be a good tackle. He's a great athlete. Get to the second level. Do everything you need to do. So, but, hey, this is um, – well, you know, we're a little over halfway through the draft. We're going to stop at the Colts. We're going to take a little break. And I got a special guest coming on, a good guy that, you know, I, I didn't play with him, a Michigan guy, wide receiver, was with the, the Phil, um, with the Eagles for a little bit in camp. Because they played for the Eagles, but was, was in camp for him a little bit. But um, we'll get to him right after this break. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Three years later, they fired their Super Bowl winning head coach. They traded the highest paid QB in franchise history. And they traded down in the 2021 NFL Draft. What does it all mean now? Find out during the draft from the premier Philadelphia Eagles reporter, Derek Gunn. Watch, listen to Draft Takes with Derek Gunn across the Jacob Media Network, YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Connecticut School of Broadcasting is now the CSB Media Arts Center, training in all that is media, including the nation's most successful broadcast training program with professional media experts whose entire mission is to get you career ready in just 8 or 16 weeks. Train on-site and online at our local campus in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. VA approved. CSB Media Arts Center. Visit GoCSB.com. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Yo, 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 we're back on my draft special. My guy, Jason Avant. What's up, bro? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? 
man. We can't complain. We can't complain, man. And do you remember, you know, your draft day, man? What were you doing on your draft day? Okay, on my draft day, I was um, at church. I was mad because um, I didn't go in the first day. Back then, it was the first two rounds on the first day. They just made that rule. And um, so I'm sitting there with my family the night before, and, I, and I, I had an inclination that I wouldn't be drafted. So, And I'm watching names like Willie Sneed and Brandon Williams, guys like that that, that I knew couldn't hold a candle to me, um, get drafted. And I was like, this is bizarre. So I went to church, and I actually put my phone on vibrate. And um, I was pissed. I was, you know, most guys have a story about being drafted and they're happiest, the best day of their life. It wasn't for me. I was pissed. I was like, I'm going to make somebody pay. And as um, soon as I got out of church, I got a call from um, Tom Heckard, Coach Reed, and Marty Mortenwig and um, David Cully. Um, I, I was excited, but um, at the same time, I was really perturbed. Now, you know, I was the same way, man. In fact, um, I was supposed to go in the first round. And um, I ended up going in the second. I had actually went to sleep because, you know, it was um, it was it was really late. You know what I'm saying? I got drafted right about 10, 11 o'clock in yeah. the second round. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm, I'm not going in the first round. Then I didn't get the call. I got a call from Kansas City and they didn't want me. Um, they didn't pick me up. They got Trezell Jenkins from from um, from Michigan. Actually. Wow. I was a tackle from Michigan. They drafted him. Never played. Was out the league in three years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But you know, I I I think I did all right. Twelve years, Super Bowl, you know, all that. You know, but, there you go. <laughs> but you know, you know, me and you uh, played for the Eagles, and you know, just bringing it back to the Eagles. You was with you were with the organization, you know, for a little bit last year, and um, you saw a little bit of a a change in the dynamics of 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 what the Eagles organization was a little bit, didn't you? Um, I, I won't say the change in the dynamic. I just, I thought that, um, that, you know, the Doug Peterson situation, I, I thought it caught everyone off guard. Um, but I won't say a change in the dynamic. I think the organization has been run the same way for, for many years since Coach Reed left. Um, and that's usually Howie and Mr. Lurie that have the predominant state. And um, that's always been that, that case. I just thought that Doug would have had more of a rope than he did. But other than that, it's it's pretty much the same organization. You know, you um, you said you work, you work. I know you work closely because I was looking at you work closely uh, with Hertz and you know the wide receivers. And I mean, what are your expectations going into this season? Because you've been around him a little bit, you understand him a little more than you know the average fan. Um, I would say that I'm actually excited to see you know what he produces. Um, there's a level headedness about Jalen that. Um, you don't see that often for a quarterback. Usually quarterbacks get rattled pretty easily when um, there's pressure. He really doesn't. And I think that was the difference between him and Wentz um, when he came into the game. It was the same offensive line struggles and protection that they had all year. Is that Jalen, um, you know, figured out a way to manufacture some offense, some positive offense for the Eagles later in the season. Did it always equate to Wentz? No. But I think that his future is bright, and I think that he has the command of the offense and the respect um, of the receiver core um, because he's um, is willing to hold himself accountable. Um, and, and I think that is a very, very promising aspect of his personality. Yeah, you know, I thought that was a major flaw uh, in, in Wentz's character to not take it, you know, and, and, and own 
what his mistakes were. You know, it, he would be quick to say, all right, you know, we had a good, I mean, you know, good game, you know, we pushed the ball down the field. But you also have to say, well, I didn't have a good game sometimes, not we. You know, hold yourself accountable and, and, and show your teammates that you're going to hold yourself accountable. I think that's a character flaw in a leader that, you know, you, you have to change. You have to be more accountable for your actions. And I think he was accountable enough a lot of the time um, when it came down to when something was wrong. And, you know, and, and I think that, you know, I think that's kind of what, what got him out of here. He fell out of grace with the guys around him. Yeah, so – you, you, we, it's all speculation, right? Because even as right, 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 I was you know, last year, um, you never know what's going on in the locker room because you know that's a sacred place for the players. You don't want to be down there too much as a coach. You know, I have to go in there frequently as, um, as often as I could, but you want to have them to, to be able to speak freely and have their, their, their safe space. Um, the thing with, with Carson and the team. Is, is that the receivers will always be, not just with Carson, but will be the scapegoat. And sometimes as a receiver or, or a skill position, you will love for them to just say, hey, you know what, I wasn't throwing the ball the best. And if I throw the ball and put it in, in the right positions, um, my guys will make more plays and, and taking on that ownership, even if it wasn't his fault at times. Um, you know, those are the types of comments that you hear from leaders and that have done it for a long time. Well, you know, the Eagles, you know, you think they stay at pick number 12. And if they stay at pick number 12, you know, what direction do you think they need to go? I think there's only one direction you can go at number 12. And I think that's corner because the two premier pass catchers in this draft, I don't will be outside of your range. Right. So um, I think Kyle Pitts is the best player in the draft in the last couple of years, not just this year, in the last couple of years. Um, a quarterback will be taken number one, but he's the best overall prospect in the draft by far, and it's not close. Um, and I think that he's outside of the Eagles' range at 12, that he may have been outside of their range at six. Therefore, the Eagles probably moved back. And if you don't pick up Jamar Chase, I think there's a significant drop-off because Jamar Chase um, can beat man-to-man coverage outside pretty consistently. Um, so if you can't get one of those two guys as pass catchers, you have to go a cornerback. And then that leaves two guys because of Caleb Farley's injury to his back. That leaves Patrick Sertan Jr. and or J.C. Horn. I'm going to side with Patrick Sertan Jr. The reason I'm going to side with him is because of production um, and the number of games and the matchups that he's had. Patrick Sertan Jr. has had 10 turnovers. He's forced 10 turnovers, right? So you got four picks. You got four forced fumbles. You got two fumble recoveries. J.C. Horns has two picks in his three years. That's not high enough production for me, and I'm going to go with the guy that gets double the amount of production. Um, Because this game is about turnovers. I know Jim Schwartz didn't believe in that theory, but this game is, will always be about the turnover ratio. Right. You're if you get a right. guy that can get the ball back, which he can, 6-2, 210, um, it's, it's, he's a bigger guy to match him up with Slate. It just works well, and I think that's the only way you should go as Eagles, um, picking at number 12. I feel you on that, man. Well, you know, my last question, man, how do you like this coaching staff that we have through the little that you know, you know, because you know just about as much as I know, because, yeah. you know, they've really been um, not necessarily hidden, but they haven't been uh, in front of us to, to really get to know them, though. But what do you what are you hearing about, you know, the coaching staff that the new coaching staff they have now and especially how young they are? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Um, it, 
the coaching staff, um, from what we can glean, Nick Seriani's pressers haven't been the best because they're, you know, viral on social media for rock, paper, scissors, and all types of things that, you know, um, <laughs> there are a lot of people that call him right. the ball machine, right? Where he's going from one idea to the other idea. And um, if we're basing it on that, which you can't base it on, I, it sounds like a bunch of confusion to me. Um, and with a veteran team, there's still a lot of veteran players on this team. And you have to win them over. And the only way you can win veteran players over is if you know what you're talking about. Because they've been through the trenches. They've been through a lot of games. They've won a Super Bowl here, a lot of these players. So mm -hmm. with that being said, you have to be tight with the information that you know. And you have to be very accurate. Otherwise, it's going to lead to disrespect because they may feel that you're not at the same level of a Doug Peterson or Andy Reid and or Jim Schwartz or the litany of coaches that have come down the line who some of these guys have played with, um, the Sean McDermott's. And it, it's a lot of guys that have played with some very, very good coaches in, in this run that's in, in this locker room. So I think that um, these guys have to make sure that the information is tight and that they're very, very um, secure with their coaching staff. The thing that worries me, is that the youth of the players? Um, we have yeah. a linebacker coach that's 26 years old. Like I, I, I don't. I, there's guys in the locker room that's older than him. You know, so right. it's very, very hard to garner that respect. I'm not saying that you can't. And then it speaks to a different thing that that you and I, you know, um, haven't talked about. But are we so intimidated by veteran coaching, coaching, you know, the Doug Peterson, the Andy Reeds, or whoever it may be prior to this, that we want to go and get younger coaches so they can, you know, do your bidding. Um, yeah, mold them. Yeah. And not give you much resistance from the front office. It's just, it's a very, very perplexing move. I'm hoping that it works out because I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, however, it does make me um, have some pause and concern. Absolutely, man. Well, I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Let me get one more thing out. It's the oh, go first ahead, go time, Bear. The first time, Bear, in, in my time in Philadelphia that we're unsure from a fan base, from media, from everything. Chip Kelly, you had some type of assurance because you knew what he ran in college. And also you had a veteran team that he was inheriting that had a lot of skill on it. So you still had some comfort and some sure, some assurance. Even with Doug Peterson, you knew he was like Coach Reed. So this is the first time where we don't know what we're getting from our football team, and it's very scary for a lot of fans. Oh, no question. Scary for myself because I don't know yeah. what direction they're going. And at this point, it's, it's almost like we're guessing. And I'm not a guy that I like to guess. I like to have concrete information. That's why I do so much research. and I look things up. That's why I want to you know, be very adept at what I'm going to talk about. So. I don't know anything about that coaching staff. So it's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm also nervous with the situation. So, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, popping on. Where you watching the draft at? Nah, I'm going to watch it at the house tonight. All right, it. then, man. I'm it at the house. Just me, myself, looking at it. I don't want to be yelling at the TV too hard. Right, right. Well, I got to be on, man. I'll be on NBC Sports, man. I appreciate it, man. And uh, I'm before I go to break, man, I got 11 more drafts. I'm doing my mock draft. I got 11 more to go down before this mock draft is over with, man. Okay. But I appreciate you, man. Have oh, a good no, one, all right? You, you enjoy. I'll be watching you tonight, too. Checking it Thanks out. a lot, man. All yep. Right. All right, we're going to break now. <laughs> Three years later, they fired their Super Bowl-winning head coach. They traded the highest-paid QB in franchise history, and they traded down in the 2021 NFL Draft. 
What does it all mean now? Find out during the draft from the premier Philadelphia Eagles reporter, Derek Gunn. Watch, listen to Draft Takes with Derek Gunn across the Jacob Media Network, YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Connecticut School of Broadcasting is now the CSB Media Arts Center, training in all that is media, including the nation's most successful broadcast training program with professional media experts whose entire mission is to get you career ready in just 8 or 16 weeks. Train on-site and online at our local campus in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. VA approved. CSB Media Arts Center. Visit GoCSB.com. Are you looking for a place to track your action, purchase picks, and share your sports betting analysis with the gambling community? Check out Book It Sports, a social media platform with an unparalleled experience catered for the sports betting community. On the Book It Sports app, you can track all your NFL, NBA, and college basketball picks while getting real-time updates and injury reports all in one convenient place. Start building your following today and stand out amongst your friends by downloading the Book It Sports app on the Apple and Google Play stores. Let's cash some tickets and put it on Book It. What we feel makes our firm different from others is the fact that we um, take our lifelong uh, personal approach and experience uh, and apply that in dealing with any client. We don't view a client as a number or another case. We view them as a human being and a person, a person who faces challenges that they never anticipated or they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't seek us out for help. And we put that personal approach um, to the forefront to make sure. Attention gun owners in the Philadelphia region. Sign up now with our NRA instructor, Bob Dooley, who will teach you gun safety as part of this three-hour safety class, which is being held at Delaware Valley Sports Center in Philadelphia. For information, drop an email to info at DelawareValleySportsCenter.com. That's info at DelawareValleySportsCenter.com. Learn the fundamentals at Delaware Valley Sports Center. You can't miss. Yeah, you got a little bit from 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 a guy that uh, he was a coach for a little bit of the season last year with the Eagles when Jason Avant, man. But he was absolutely right. You know, if you look at the Eagles and as they go forward, who are the Eagles? You know, how do you how do you see, you know, what direction they're going when you don't know the coaching staff? I don't know them. And at this point, you know, even guys that are close to the organization don't know them. And it's hard to really. Um, have any faith in something that you don't know anything about, you know, and, and he brought up a good point. You I mean, are you that insecure in how you run your organization that you bring in somebody that you have to mold somebody that, you know, won't give you any kickback. Sometimes you need that, that kickback. Sometimes you, you, you don't know it all. So how are you teaching this, this coach to, 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 to be who he is when, you know, just, you just giving him something that, you know, what you want him to do. I mean, that, to me, that's that's not how you run an organization. You know, you, you want an organization in which, you know, you're comfortable with people bringing other ideas in and not just giving this guy your ideas. So we'll see what this Eagles organization can do uh, as they go forward. But, you know, this is going to be tough, you know, especially with the amount of young players like they have and, you know, Hurts being a young guy. You know, th- this is going to be a season in which, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a lot of sitting back and 
really seeing what's going on with this organization, you know, but, you know, as we get on with this, this mock draft and, you know, like I said, we got 11 more picks left and as far as talent, you know, from, from, from 11 on down, I see a lot of guys at this point that in their development, they need a little more to, to take it to that next level. And a guy right now that, you know, I'm, I'm saying is that type of guy. And that's for the Titans. They're going to go with another pass rusher. You know, JV Clowney just signed with the Browns. So, you know, his services weren't even used last year because he was hurt, you know, majority of the season. But they need somebody to come in and be that impact pass rusher. And at this point, I think they're going to go with Jalen Phillips. Now, Jalen Phillips from out of Miami. This kid was the number one ranked um, high school recruit, high school football recruit when he when he went to college. And. You know, he got the raw end of the deal. He kept getting concussions. Like, he started out early, concussions, and he had to retire early from the sport. Well, he was, you know, eventually told that, you know, he could come back. But they were saying, you know, because if you retire in college, you can't come back. Well, he was able to come back, go to Miami, and really kind of get back on pace of being the number one recruit, uh, you know, that he was when he entered the situation. This kid can rush the passer. He's good. He's going to give you every ounce of himself every game. And that's exactly what a Titans team does. They make players that, that aren't really as gifted as the next player, but they take it to another level because they coach and they breathe that, that you know, all right, we're going to give you every ounce of what we have. So he'll be a great fit in that type of system. Next, we'll go with the Jets. They'll go with their second pick in this draft and they need some offensive line help as usual. And they're going to go with a guy from Michigan. You know, we just talked to, to Avanti. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Jason Avant, he's a Michigan guy. They're going to go with a Michigan offensive tackle, Jalen Mayfield, very athletic. He's a better run blocker than pass blocker, but he can visually, you know, he'll, he's a good enough athlete that he'll be able to learn the system of, of, of how to pass block learn the techniques and become somebody that could, you know, hold it down for a little while. So I like him, but he's a little raw at the pass blocking, but he's definitely a great run blocker. Next one to go with the Steelers. You know, I won a Super Bowl with them. You know, they got a special place in my heart. And they've always been known for three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, I can remember playing when I playing there. I had Jerome Bettis. We knew at any point. We would run the rock and we can get a first down. We could take Bussy and run three times in a row and he'll average four yards a pop. And we would get a first down if we gave him the ball consistently like that. So, I mean, that's a, that's a luxury that they've missed out on, you know? So I think going to go with the best running back in this draft. That's Najee Harris. He goes with the Steelers. Add him with Ben, you know, he's a little longer than two, but if you give him a consistent running game, he could definitely, you know, he could definitely throw the pill a little bit. They went through probably wasn't really necessarily Ben last year. It was more so too many guys dropped the rock, you know, receivers dropping it, you know, and next thing you know, they're in a hole. So if they get a running game, which allowed them to, you know, play action to pass the ball, it'll make them an even better team. We go back with Jacksonville now. Now, Jacksonville, new coaching staff, they got a new quarterback, and they need a pass rusher. They need somebody that can mix it up on the defensive side of the ball. 
I don't know if they're necessarily a team that you could think about they're going to win now. They'll probably have the number two pick next year or number three pick next year. They're not going to be totally out of it, you know, because, you know, it's a young coaching staff, a young team. So I mean, at this point, they're going to have a little bit that they, you know, that of bumps and bruises before they become a dominant team. So they'll probably get another high draft pick, you know, just like this year, another high draft pick. But I, I think they're going to go with uh, Joseph Osia from 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 uh, from Texas. He's kind of a hybrid guy, linebacker slash slash rush in edge rusher. But he can give them that thump on third down, and that's exactly what they need: generate pressure on the quarterback. The next is the Browns. Now, this is my brother's favorite team, man. And uh, they need somebody in the middle to solidify that run stop. They need somebody in the middle to generate pass rush. And they're going to go with, you know, a guy that I think is probably the best of the defensive linemen in this draft. But the one thing about him, he didn't give it to me all the time. And that's Christian Barmore from Alabama. Beginning of the season, they were playing against, you know, just guys, and they were beating teams by 50 points. So I didn't see enough of that dominance then. You know, it's like, all right, you got a guy in front of him. He could whoop this guy every single play, but he didn't. So I'm questioning his effort a little bit. But the big games, he showed up. And that's where, you know, that's where we saw a glimpse of who Barmore really is. And he's a dominant player. National championship game, he was unblockable, unstoppable. And if he can bring that to the next level and, and and play consistently at a high level, this guy could be great. So if the Browns get a guy, you know, in the interior with Garrett and Clowney, that defense is going to be pretty good. The Ravens, we all know what the Ravens, Ravens are defense, you know, and then that's what you, that's what you, 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 you want from a Ravens team. And of course they love linebackers and, Patrick Queens needs somebody next to him at the linebacker position that could bring that funk. And probably a 265-pound, six-foot-three linebacker can definitely do that. Run like he's a small guy, hit like he's a defensive lineman. And this guy is huge at 265. And that's Zaven Collins from out, you know, from out of TCU. I mean, this not TCU, but Tulsa. He is huge. Can run with the best of them. He's better in coverage than he is at really stopping a run. Had a couple of, 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 of interceptions. He should have been defensive player of the year. That's how good Collins is. I see him going in there and making an instant impact in that Ravens defense. Next, the Saints. Now, the Saints are just like, you know, the, just like the Browns. They have two guys on the out, outside of Davenport and, and Jordan who can rush the passer. They need somebody in the interior to push people, to, to move people around to generate pressure on the inside on quarterbacks. So now the ends can collapse. And they're going to go with a guy that, you know, probably the number two defensive lineman, and that's, um, was it, Davion Nixon. Davion Nixon, from I think he's from Iowa, yeah. Davion Nixon was a guy that I watched, I just I didn't watch a lot of film on, but I watched just enough to see that he can make some things happen. Because I was actually watching them against Northwestern. And I was looking at the tackle from um, Slater. And then he just started popping out at me, you know, making plays, popping out in the interior. And that's, you know, that's that's what made me, you know, look at Nixon. He was whooping the guard's tail. I'm like, yo, this kid here can play play. 
And from that point on, you know, I started looking at film at him, and he started showing me more and more. And him in the middle of that defense with the two outside rushers, that Saints defense can start getting back to where they were. And, and, and you know, because they're going to need a little bit with that offense. You know, with, with Drew Brees retiring, they're going to have to give a little more because that offense won't be able to click as early as they used to clicking. Next, we'll go with the Packers. Now, the Packers, you know, they needed one more weapon on the outside. And Terrence Marshall Jr. is six foot, two and a half, 205 pounds, but a playmaker. A playmaker. Now you got somebody opposite the park, and this, this is going to be a, a great offensive mixture with him being there. He's a playmaker, a big guy, six, two and a half, and he can run. That's all that you need in, in, in Green Bay to solidify that passing game. Now they have a counterpart, and, and, and you know, we all know what A-Rod's going to do. So, you know, he'll be a great pick for them, and they'll be even better than they were last year. The Bills are next. Now, the Bills at this point, you know, they didn't have a consistent running game. And I don't think that, you know, Singletary was enough for them. I think he was kind of a specialized back, third down back more than anything, slashing running back. They need somebody to go in there and play all three downs. And you look at Clemson's offense, it all ran through Travis Etienne. And I think that'll be the same thing with the Bills. You get a running game consistent with Travis Etienne in there, he could turn things around for that offense. And he I mean, this he could solidify. Against the Chiefs, when they played the Chiefs in the playoffs, they couldn't get the running game going. Travis Etienne could be that to, to get the game going. So I think he'll be a great fit there. Next is the Ravens again. Earl Thomas gone. They need a safety. They'll go with the best safety in this draft. Out of TCU, Trayvon Morig, great player, can run sideline to sideline. Um can cover just about anybody. I like that. You know, he can, he's a box safety, but he he can't play high. I like I like the, you know he'll be a good mix in there to compete for a starting position. Like I said, he's the best safety in that um in in this draft. He won the Thorpe Award. He'd be a good mix in that in that um in that in that defense. And last but not least, the Bucks. They're gonna go with. A cornerback that I, he might have some problems, but, you know, he was the number one cornerback going into the season before all this, you know, back injuries and everything. And I think they'll go with Caleb Fairley. They got enough that they can go ahead and, you know, and, and draft a guy that's going to be a project. And Fairley, once he gets healthy, he'll be a shutdown corner. So I see, you know, him being the guy that the Bucks can use, not right now, but later on. So this is my mock draft. This is what I think is going to happen. We all know it's, it's not an exact science. But this is what I'm thinking is going to happen. So thank you for my first draft special show. I broke down who I think this draft and the direction it's going to go. My boy Avanti came in. I mean, uh, hey, Jason Avant came in. I'm sorry. Jason Avant came in, gave you a little bit about what's going on with the Eagles and what he thinks is going to happen. I tried to give you as much as I could about these selection of, of, of players going into this draft. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you guys in the middle in just a minute. But thanks a lot, man. I appreciate everybody. Have a good one now. Three years later, they fired their Super Bowl winning head coach. They traded the highest paid QB in franchise history. And they traded down in the 2021 NFL draft. What does it all mean now? 
Find out during the draft from the premier Philadelphia Eagles reporter, Derek Gunn. Watch, listen to Draft Takes with Derek Gunn across the Jacob Media Network, YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.